Welcome to Walking Backwards. I'm Brad Grimet. My guest this week is Susan Johnson. Susan is a director, and she had a new film release on Friday. It's a Netflix original. It's called To All the Boys I've Loved Before, based on a book. Um, and it's great. So it was a perfect opportunity for her and I to sit down and chat and uh, talk about not only this movie, but some of the others she's worked on over her long career. She's done some some great films, and um, she's just fun to talk to. She's a good friend of mine, so it was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy it. If you'd like to contact me, you can email me at walkingbackwardspodcast at gmail.com. Hi, Susan. Hi, Brad. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Good. I was hoping you'd had that martini before you came here. <laughs> You're, um, oh, um, yeah, I forgot about that part, but yeah, no, uh, my water here is delicious. Thank you. Your water? Mm-hmm. My water here. That's not a water. That water is delicious. That is a tequila. Oh. You weren't supposed to tell. I can't, I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> they can't see me, so, you know. That's could true. Have just gone with that. They can't see water how, thing. <laughs> how how drunk you are. She's <laughs> awesome. almost falling out of her chair right awesome. now. Oh my gosh! It's gonna be so good for no, young it's directors. No, it's our it's our first drink. <clears throat> it's our first drink, but um, hopefully not our last. It's our first today. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we've had many drinks we, we've, together. We've known each other a while. How since? Oh wait, I guess. Yeah. Lila introduced us. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. that movie in the Bahamas. Yeah. <clears throat> that was a super fun one. That was fun. Yeah. We need to go back. Yeah. I'd like to do that soon. On someone else's dime is <laughs> always a pleasure. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful there. It and, was great. And you didn't even fall in the water, which is awesome. I dove in the water. <laughs> yes. I didn't but fall. But without the camera on. Yeah, that's true. good. There were some close calls. <laughs> it was healthier. I know. I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about that, thinking, oh my God, people were just holding on to him and he had a camera on him. Like, what if, right, what off if the a boats. wave had happened? Yeah. And then on that platform. <laughs> yeah, then a platform. Oh I'm sorry. God. No, it was fun. Those and, were my producing and Michael, days. And Michael posted a photo of that, and the platform is like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's laying on one side, like, trying to be ballast so that yeah. we don't all flip over and sink to the bottom of the ocean. So a decade ago. Yeah, a decade ago. Wow. But more importantly, let's talk about your new movie, which I saw on Thursday night to all the boys I've loved before. How much fun was that? That was a fun premiere. It was super fun. And thanks for taking me. Thanks for coming. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for the support. And, um, oh, always, happily. (laughs) I was just bummed I didn't get to work on it. Yeah, I'm sad. But, you know, when you get your Canadian passport, we can have that conversation. I know, I know, (laughs) I know. No, I mean, I understand why. I just, I still would have liked to. It would have been fun. And this is your, this is your second um, feature directing. It is. is. You've produced many, many films. Yep. Um, some of which I've worked on. Yep. Um, but this, um, and I don't think you produced Some of which you've worked on, but most of which you've been asked to work on (laughs) and just our schedules didn't quite. That's a fair point. (laughs) Our schedules didn't quite sync up, but you are my favorite steady cam person. Oh, thank you. Thank you. At least someone now that (laughs) it's implanted in history that one person said that. Awesome. (laughs) Maybe someone else has said that, but you know, Um, they could say it. Not on your show. Not to my face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really love the movie. It's a. Uh, it's. I am not in the in the target demo for this movie. Very obviously, um, it's Netflix. Yeah. Obviously, and we'll talk. I want to talk about how it got to Netflix and all yep. that. But more importantly, like it's a YA. Yep. 
more female centric, but in the vein of a John Hughes kind of movie. Yeah. Um, not as raunchy as a lot of John Hughes movies. Would you agree? That's true. Um, Although, you know, watching them growing up, I didn't. It didn't occur to me that they were terribly raunchy. There was always like a moment or two, but for me, I was mostly connecting with. <clears throat> those movies in a big way and I think that's why I wanted to make this one I didn't know that I was the target demographic for it until I made the movie and then my 14 year old self saw it the first rough cut and then I was so excited and and I would have probably seen the movie five times in a theater if I if it had come out when I was 15 so that was an exciting realization that's nice yeah. when you're able to like step back subjectively yeah. and be like oh yeah this is actually cool I like it you know yeah Definitely. Yeah, because you get so into the yeah. bits and pieces. Well, you just of don't it. know if it's working, you know, until you see it. So such a scary yeah thing. Like you're on such an island. You are. You are. Um, but um, let me just because I was researching and and reading some things. Let me just read a couple of the things some people said. Excellent. Which maybe I know you read some reviews. I don't know how many you've read, but. Well, no, that's when I read a lot of them because they were good. So yeah, you have like a ninety-three. All, yeah, when you 90. see all good reviews, you're like, oh, I don't care about the two bad ones. I'll take the twenty-four good ones. And well, the, it's like the exception yeah. proved the rule. Yeah, yeah, totally. totally. But ninety-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes it's is crazy. Very exciting. And your audience score is even higher. Yeah, it's super exciting. Which I mean, ninety-three percent of people don't agree on anything. Yeah. You know, which yeah. so it's really impressive. Thank you. But so okay, um, this was Variety. If John Hughes were alive today he might very well make a movie like to all the boys i've loved before oh, i'll take that i mean that is that's pretty really great. complimentary that's, like, that's great <clears throat> um let's see um to all the boys i've loved before is finally here and it's a dream oh that's so sweet it I is really that. sweet it is really sweet that was uh petty trong from cosmopolitan i know big, crazy right yeah it's awesome here a couple of quick ones um Oh, you can keep going. <laughs> I had a feeling. <laughs> Wait, let's hear some more. I'm in love with To All the Boys. Aww. Uh, I would marry this movie. <laughs> these are all critics. One. These aren't these aren't people. These are I mean, That's these are people, crazy. but they're they're actually crit and a classic in the making. Oh, which That's is, great. Which who is said a, that? a bold statement. Shoot. That one I didn't write down who. <laughs> sure, nobody said it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, that's... No, that's cool. That's a... That's cool. You know, it's funny because, like, I'm sure 16 Candles... And we were talking about controversy or yeah. raunchiness or whatever. Yeah. And those were the 80s. And a lot... Of, some people, like, you know, parents' councils or whatever they call them. And I'm sure they're still out there. They are. Like... The whole bra thing or or taking her panties to the party well, that was 16 candles right or pretty in pink which one was that um, doesn't but but he sees her panties and things in 16 candles like underneath the desk when oh they, right right stuff right, right. like that so yeah no there's a thing called common sense media so they gave us the thumbs up yesterday which is great i mean there's nothing really controversial in this movie so no. we're we're we, you know we played it intentionally played it safe but jenny's book was safe in a good way like it, it just was sweet and joyful and happy and uplifting and you know just for for an audience that i think is thirsty for entertainment because everything else is so raunchy and so kind of just gross or over the top and uh i sort of appreciated that about the script yeah it, well so much stuff now is about like pushing the limit yeah how far can we go bullies and, and all kinds of things yeah and just the language and stuff and yeah. now that 
which I, I like some of that stuff and some yeah. I don't, whatever. I mean, there's room for everything, which yeah. is so cool to have like kind of the other side of it. Yeah. Um, and you hint at some things like the, <clears throat> um, without, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a scene uh-huh. where, you know, where somebody's shooting video of somebody else yes. that goes on the internet. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and, and that's like a reality of today. It really is what it's like to be 15 or 16 or or whatever, that stuff can happen. And those are moments that when you and I were growing up would never happen. I, I couldn't, I can't imagine growing up uh, with the internet. Like, I don't know how social media, I would have hidden under a rock if this had happened to me in high school and oh. it come out on social media even. Just the letter part was bad enough. But once social media plays into it, I, I just, I, I probably would have moved to a different town. <laughs> oh, me too. I mean, just any of the little mistakes I made, if if they were, you know, it was bad enough to have your friends and other people around school know no. how you screwed yeah. up or, yeah. but to have the whole world yeah. watching a video, yeah. I mean, and or even a day, non-mistakes. A day when you come in with your hair all screwed up and you know, whatever, you're having a bad hair day or you're having a bad clothing day or whatever that is. The or you're just different. It, or you're just different. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, and original sure. and somebody wants to make fun of you for yep. that. That's, you know, so yep. <clears throat> I'm actually surprised it's not worse than it is. Yeah. With the shaming and all that stuff. I think but it's worse than it than we think it is. I think we're just older. You're probably right. <laughs> we're not as tuned into I, the. I think it's bad. Yeah. Yeah, is it? Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure you hear more of this stuff, especially working on this movie with all these young yeah. actors. Yeah. Because they're all near or at the ages they that they portray, right? They were, um, you know, the the uh, Lana and Noah and Israel are all 20. We're all 20 when we made the movie. Oh, okay. So very close. Um, I figured they were all at least 18 or yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. Ju- just based on shooting issues and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Working yeah. with anyone under is hard and um although that um, was kitty she was younger anna right yeah anna oh, she's so great so great yeah she's amazing she's gonna have i think a giant she career will. a she giant will. career she's super talented actually your casting was exceptional thank in this you. movie thank you and you know anna and noah and and um and um lana are they're all so great in all their different ways they're mm-hmm. all very original mm-hmm. And I, I appreciated mm-hmm. that. Thanks. Um, actually, I don't know if I told you this. <clears throat> Just after the premiere, uh, the, the L.A. premiere that we mm-hmm. went to the other night, mm-hmm. I, it's over and I go out and I go to the bathroom mm-hmm. like so many people do. <laughs> <laughs> and Noah's in there at the <laughs> using the... Using yes, the, yeah, okay. And everyone... All these guys, all these younger guys who had just seen the premiere, yeah. are like, dude, that was so awesome. And he's like, thanks, guys, like looking <laughs> That's over his shoulder. That's awful. I don't know why men's rooms are that way. Why can't you have some privacy? I don't get it. Well, anyway, <laughs> I just, I, but I found him to be like the way he's nice. He was friendly about he's, it. He's very friendly. You know, he was yeah. so like easygoing about it and stuff. And, and, um, and they come off that way in the yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I mean, were were these all your? Did you go after these people? Did did the producers have suggestions? Were they on a um, list or? We had a great casting director, um, and she uh, she um, she called probably I don't know three hundred people in. Wow! And did uh, 
readings and stuff without me. And then she sent me a, she sort of curated that and sent me a bunch of um, videos to watch. And then I, we were already in prep in LA. I mean, in Vancouver, I flew back to LA and, um, Wait, who was that? Was her, was her name Tamara? Tamara Norcott. 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 I can never say her last name. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, she's fantastic. So, yeah. um, so, and she and I really thought alike um, during the whole process of casting. Well, and that helps. Also, the company that, you know, half of the, the company that produced this, um, the two companies produced it, Awesomeness Films and Overbrook, and they were both part of the casting process, too. So... These casting sessions, there were like eight producers in a room, <laughs> and me and the cast. So we sort of did chemistry reads with five, five or six choices for each of the roles. Um, I knew as soon as Lana came in, I had already seen her read it twice, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then she came in for the chemistry read, and I like took her into the back hallway after her first reading and said, "Throw your hair in a ponytail because it'll make you look a year younger, and let's just go back in there and nail this because I want you to have this movie." Like for for me, she was Laura Jean immediately, just a spirit that she has, and so that was fun. And then you know, that's was, so cool of you to like. I, you're not supposed to do it, but I because what if she didn't get the movie? But uh, no, but, but that's okay. Did. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, you're I really trying to help her. her. Like that will help her later too. Yeah. Is like you know, you have to look the part. Too. Yeah, I was in her corner for sure. No matter how good an actor you are, you you have yeah. to fit in certain physical ways. Yeah, and I was worried about twenty being seventeen. You know, I sure. always I hate it when they cast people who are thirty and up. And, right. <laughs> uh, you know, sort of doesn't make any sense to me. So I want it to, to be as close as possible. But a lot of the people that we were looking at um, were younger than Lana. And it was feeling too young. And then once I met Lana, I mean, uh, Noah and Israel, I knew, you know, since they were similar ages, that that would all play together. Yeah. So. That's that's nice. Yeah. And having so many producers in the, in the room with you, I imagine sometimes could be a little <laughs> tough, but... Was it was it good? Do you get you get feedback that you wouldn't have thought of? You or? know, everybody was pretty friendly. Um, um, I hadn't met the Overbrook guys before, and they developed the script initially. Um, they bought it from Jenny, you know, maybe six or seven years ago. So they lived with the material a lot longer than oh, I. I didn't had. know the book was this old. Yeah, I mean, not that thought, that's old, I mean, but I think it's I think it's five five years old, maybe. Oh, okay, I'm not quite sure. But so they, they bought it. They like... bought it right away. And then, and then they partnered with Awesomeness just right before we shot it. Mm. Um, but Awesomeness uh, had hired a different screenwriter to put together their own version of the film. So all of these people had lived with the story much longer than I had. And I hadn't read the book yet um, when I was casting the film. So um, I just was sort of relying on their instincts as well. Was there a reason you didn't read it? Uh, timing, because I was just in, in uh, trying to get Carrie Pilby press done and... I remember you were you were like super busy, right, right, right. So, um, so you weren't like you weren't trying to just concentrate on the screenplay version of it. I mean, I I was actually. Oh, okay. uh, I didn't read the book until just before we shot. Um, but I also didn't read books two and three because I didn't want to have information I wasn't supposed to have yet. Oh, so yeah. I, um, now I have read them all, but uh, I I just want I, d- I didn't want to get confused, and I did a lot of research with fans. Like I, 
I went online to see what scenes they were most looking forward to and what people were responding to in the book. And, and that helped me sort of form how I wanted to shoot the movie and how I wanted to cast the movie and mm. how, you know, how I worked with the production designer and the set deck and the costume designer and all of those things. So, um, and then Jenny was really gracious with her time and, um, you know, she was happy to give me um, a mood board and, and uh, you know, we talked about character and so forth. So she was involved early on. That's great. Yeah, it was great. That's really great. It's, and you mentioned um, costume design. I thought the costume design was fantastic. That's in this movie. Sweet. And it's not my, again, it's That's not. That's great. I, but I thought they all looked appropriate for their ages, That's but excellent. really cool. Thanks. You Costumes know? was tough on this movie because you didn't want them to look too sexy but right, you didn't you right. know you wanted them to look age appropriate and, right exactly yeah um yeah it was it was a uh, uh, costumes was really hard on this one um to get it right but i think we did so i'm excited i think so too i think they looked um i think they looked their age yeah. but cute too like yeah. kids you know yeah. and we also had a very specific color palette that the dp and i had chosen and so that had to play with production design and also costumes. Right. So, and blend together. You know, sort of tighter. What specifically was the color palette you were? Uh, it, you know, we didn't use any reds in the movie. We sort of did a bluish aqua, a gold. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a I noticed there are some like yeah. beiges and yeah. some muted stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Michael Fimignari shot it and he's a, a very good DP and very meticulous and um, we watched a lot of movies and talked about them before we shot the movie and before we sort of storyboarded it out and uh, had a similar vision for what the film should be and how we could elevate even elevate the material more um, visually so I I love the way it looks I'm really proud of that Um, yeah it looks great it was tough because it was so specific a lot of times the actors couldn't come in and sort of just block it with me on the day. They had to be in specific places at specific times. Uh, so um, that was tricky. I hadn't done that before. It's it's much more complicated, and we only shot the film in 21 days. Wait, so. say that. Wait, say that again. So they weren't al- we weren't allowed to sort of, uh, because Michael was so specific about lenses, we shot it anamorphic, and, and, and how, how to shoot each scene and each setup in a scene. We couldn't like have the actors show up on the day and we would rehearse it and sort of block it generally together based on how we were feeling. We, it, it, it was a specific um, sort of shot list that we couldn't move away from. So that was tricky. I'd never done that before. I've never done that before it was, either. It was hard. That's different. It was very hard for the actors, but, um, but I think it paid off. Hmm. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's center-punched and there's a lot of stuff that's... Uh, just symmetrical we we wanted that i mean there's a lot of stuff with a lot of headroom yeah and we we both really love the royal tenenbaums that was sort of a visual uh guide for us you know and talking and starting Mm -hmm. that conversation same very specific color palette so we were sort of paying homage to (laughs) that movie in some ways was that one of your main like stylistic um, references it was that's cool um tonally were what were your references Go ahead, drink some tequila. <laughs> Tonally, I would say um, 
I love The Breakfast Club. I know it's not a rom-com, but for me, I think you could see that movie. You could release that movie today, and with the exception of maybe the sushi issue, um, which isn't new anymore. uh, (laughs) Even clothing and music, you could release that movie today, and it would seem current. So I I wanted to have something that was a little that was that felt timeless. Um, Yeah, I think even more so than his other movies. I think that's a very Oh, it's very case. specific, yeah. and I mean, all in one location. Yeah. It's it's super talky. Yeah. Which... I stole the end of this movie from that movie, of course, walking across the field uh, at yeah. sunset yeah, <laughs> in yeah, high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't have Judd, Nel- Judd Nelson, yeah. <laughs> I had a... Okay, wait. I'm, I'm having a brain... Because you have a Tears for Fears. <laughs> yes. But you, yes. You have Everybody Wants to Rule the World, yes. and, and it's reference to a John Hughes movie. Yes. Wait. Was it Breakfast Club yes. at the end that used yes. it? Right. Okay. For a moment, I questioned my right. Yeah. yeah. But I questioned myself for a moment <laughs> if it was another one. Yeah. You know how some uh-huh. of them t- tend to blend together. Uh-huh. Um, no, I I love that. And and did you tell me you kind of you you did you think about putting the Tears for Fears song at the end? Yeah, I wanted something similar to that. I I picked uh, you know the. I picked a very big soundtrack when we were editing it. Just, I like the soundtrack just for. Um, just for tone and then uh one of our producers went in uh her husband is a music agent and um and she has a lot of friends in the music industry so she sort of went back in and uh sort of found bands that she knew we could afford and that would fit into the um film that she saw so well there's a there's a band a a song Maybe the second or third song in the mm-hmm. movie, I think. Yeah. That I instantly went. This sounds like Tears for Fears. Oh yeah. Do, do you it know wasn't, what? It wasn't though. Yes. No, it's no. not. No, yeah, it's a more on, modern band. I, I the think. soundtrack's on Spotify now, so it's really. Oh great. cool. Yeah, you can. I'm not on the Spotify. You must get on the Spotify <laughs> on the interwebs. <laughs> um, I'm actually not. I don't. I, I listen to so many podcasts. I barely yeah. listen to music yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, but no, it's that was a good plug. Brad, for oh, good. podcasts. Good. That was good. Oh, for podcasts yeah. in general? Yeah. Hey, everybody, listen to podcasts. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's a couple out there now. Yeah, right. Some no. are about, I don't know, cinematography and... <laughs> there, it is really... I did like the soundtrack a lot, though, and it is good. And it's it's a more... It's a flashback kind of soundtrack. It feels like an 80s soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. But there are moments in there where you're like, oh, this is the stuff that will appeal more to the... 16 year olds today for sure but there is a crossover there and um good i thought it was i thought it was really good. great and i Thanks. loved all the references and stuff um you mentioned you mentioned rom-com which i hadn't used that term yet it obviously is yep. um but and you also mentioned books two and three yeah and i'm i was trying to think it just occurred to me just now like has there ever been a sequel to a to a romantic comedy before Trying to think of one. Well, Netflix, I think, is doing a second Kissing Booth movie. Oh, they are? Okay. So, um... But historically, I mean, that's I not something that really happened too I much. I mean, I would say Bridget Jones is rom-com, okay. and there are yeah. several of those. Um, um, that's a good The Reese example. Witherspoon movie, um, Legally Blonde, there were several of those. Are those romantic they're comedies? Sort of. Yeah, I mean, okay. maybe they're more empowerment movies. I haven't seen movie. those. Um, but yeah, it's not common. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, and I... Yeah, are these are there any in the works or well I hope that we'll I hope that we'll shoot the other two books um, it just depends on how well it does on Netflix and we won't really know that for a month they're sort of um, they're 
algorithms sort of go 28 days in as opposed to like a weekend, which is what happens when a film's released theatrically. So they, they want to watch the cycle over 28 days and then they'll make those decisions. So I guess they feel like they have more complete information yeah. than, than over a few yeah. days. Yeah. Because of their viewers watching habits, that's kind of that's many nice times for you. They watch it, it's fantastic. It's like the opposite of what the, the, the theatrical release yeah. is. Did it get released theatrical at no. all too? Mm-mm. No. Okay, so just we saw it on a big screen, yeah. but we were we were the lucky ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, although it, it, it's a movie that will play great on 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 your TV at home. Yeah, I think so. I mean, apparently Netflix is buying um, a theater chain, which we won't talk about until we know that it's happening for sure but oh. that's going to change how they do business a bit so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that that's really interesting yeah Gosh, I th- is it netflix or amazon now i can't remember Uh-oh. i think it's amazon <laughs> i take that back i think it's amazon that's buying a theater chain hmm. i don't know but amazon would... already does stuff theatrically so i'm not sure right i don't know Maybe right it's netflix um <clears throat> Yeah, that's that's interesting to see how this will all, yeah. will all kind of wash out. Yeah. Um, but I find it interesting that like it's like this new technology is taking things back to how they used to be. Yeah. They're the great, giving things more time to breathe a little. Well, the great thing about Netflix is they literally can research viewers watching habits. So people were going in and putting in romantic comedy in the search engine for the last year and they realized they didn't have enough romantic comedies to service their clientele so they started making them and buying them so nobody else can do that amazon doesn't have that ability studios don't have that ability amazon doesn't no because there's no way for them to research like i mean it it would be but i guess it could be books well they have their online thing i'm sure they can i guess they could but anyway, but it's net- not its own. It's not its own network, like right. essentially as, yeah, yeah, as yeah. Netflix. Sorry, is. I didn't mean to derail. Yeah, your yeah, there. no, I was just thinking about it. Um, you know, but they have the data and they pay attention to the data. Yeah, 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 which is cool. I mean, there's there's yeah. a danger there that then they just start pandering to every search. Yeah, but it seems like they're they're in, as opposed to doing that what they're trying to do is give people what they what they're looking for what they're looking for yeah for sure right if somebody's watching bridget jones diary over yep. and over again it's like okay they it'd be great if they had more i search for it all the to. time and yeah. by the way and i you know i end up finding i end up going back to the rom-coms of the 40s and I, like philadelphia story is my favorite movie like i really i've never seen that that's so fantastic is it how can you not like cary grant anyway but cary grant and jimmy stewart and katherine hepburn like it's just a a perfect trio for me would that happen i mean three stars that gigantic and it's a true rom-com yeah yeah i mean do you get that today i don't think you do you but you got that maybe 10 years ago yeah again with bridget jones you did but but that's been quite a while it has been a while i mean i'm thinking about the like days of matthew mcconaughey doing them those were probably and and anne hathaway did them and you know those guys were making several a year Um, right nancy myers certainly got them that those big casts for her movies Nora Ephron did Sleepless in Seattle and all those movies I mean think about it though Sleepless in Seattle 20 years ago at least 20 years right yeah it's amazing but yes you can I think that I think there will be bigger stars that will do them if the material is there you know it's funny we have more we have more female comedies now than we do female rom-com kind of which yeah. often the the you know it's a female driven yeah. 
yeah. story and comedies have always been guys so it's like there's just a switch going on everywhere constantly yep it's kind of interesting it is interesting but you you know and back in the 80s i don't know other people were making them too but i remember so many of those movies they were so odd to the john hughes movies you know weird science such a weird movie ferris bueller's day off such a classic mm -hmm. you know what mm -hmm. pretty in pink 16 can mm -hmm. like we can go down the list Just but prolific right yeah, yeah and and he wrote so many yeah i mean he wrote what home alone and mm -hmm. all those things but mm -hmm. but without him do you think that genre would have done what it did i do because of nora efron and nancy myers i think those i think those voices were strong and prevalent and, and right but that was were those later or were no. they doing this yeah they, well, i guess they were know, when harry met sally what women want was 2000 um you worked on that film yeah, right I you did. didn't did you work for nancy myers for yeah. a time i did was it just years. one movie or just that movie and and then into the next as she was writing it so and then um i was filling in for her head of development for a minute and then she um went away and had a baby and came back and uh took her job back which is awesome and then you know 14 years later that person who I had replaced um, produced Carrie Pilby for me so really yeah that was a little tiny I didn't know that yeah. that's so cool yeah. we stayed in touch for all those years her name is Suzanne Farwell she's an, an awesome human being and producer so that's so cool yeah I and I loved Carrie Pilby by thank the way you. thank it's you it's a much different kind of film very different yeah um and you know I wish I worked on that one too <laughs> <laughs> I think we did ask you to work on that. I can't remember. What yeah, was well, you know, it's been He's a few very years. Very picky, very picky. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Well, you're okay. So wait. So we started talking about some of your past. Yeah. You started jail time. Well, let's, come oh, on, sorry. we don't have to talk about that. Okay, I told fine. you. Stop. Okay, have sorry. another tequila and shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> my time or yours. Yeah, um, right. But uh, but did you start as an assistant? I started um, as William a casting Morrison? assistant. Oh, you did. I was way unaware. back on Revenge of the Nerds. Mm -mm. It was my very first project. I was. In college and they came to shoot that movie at the University of Arizona where I was going to school Wow and I knew nothing about films except that I wanted to direct them I, I spent every summer in Phoenix watching movies because what else do you do when it's 115 degrees outside yeah so um, when that film came to shoot I was so excited that I like they said they would let seniors have sort of some internships I was a freshman so I just basically went to my professors and said, I, I've hooked up with the casting department. They're going to let me do extras casting. And I can't really do classes in this movie at the same time. And they all let me take my finals late. Um, they were super supportive of it. I don't know that that would happen today. And, uh, and that was my first experience, like figuring stuff out. Wow. Um, and then I, I applied to USC as I got toward the end of that production in the end of that year and transferred it to USC the next year. So, yeah, that was my very first movie. That will date me. People are going to go, okay, she was 17. <laughs> They're going to start blah, doing blah. math. Um, and then I moved to LA and worked for William Morris Agency as an agent assistant. And that sort of taught me, you know, a little bit more about the business side of film, which was very important. 
And then I left that agency to work for a producer client of theirs um, who was doing films in the UK and the US. So I got to see both sides of uh, the pond and how movies are produced um, in both countries. And that was also awesome. So then, yes, I started assisting. Wow. You know, I've talked about before how much it matters that I worked in a bunch of different departments yeah. before being an operator. Cause it's huge. Now I understand it's huge. how all the pieces put mm-hmm. together. And so I'm feeling this yeah. with you, like you're you're starting I really early on, you're everything. getting the pieces and you're, yeah. you know, even if you're not working in this department, you hear things through this and then, right. It's funny, I probably answered 25 um emails or Instagram posts or Twitters just this morning of girls who want to direct films and they all ask for advice and I'm happy to give it out but the thing is is that when we were younger you know it took thousands of dollars and borrowing a camera and film stock and processing and you know begging people to work for food in order to do stuff now you can take your cell phone out that door and go make a little short film for the cost of whatever your lens package is for your cell phone and right. cut it yourself on your computer and that's so powerful like just go you know just go make a cell phone movie and go make another one and another one and you'll figure out who you are as an artist and right. what kind of stories you want to tell that's, right go make a bunch of five minute the, the ten minute movies, movies we're whatever see from the this generation are going to be phenomenal in a few years i think you're right yeah i think you're Huge. right i think it's already happening i do too um, but for you, Huge. like w- working for Nancy Myers, yeah. I'm guessing yeah. that was a that was you looked up to her and went, oh, okay, yeah. a woman's doing this. Yeah, I can do that. Right. Yeah. Right. Except and, she's ex- except she's a phenomenal writer. She she really you know she wrote Private Benjamin, which is one of my favorite films ever. Did she write that? Yeah, and I was nominated that. for it. And Goldie so, Hawn. Yeah, she's fa- a fantastic writer and. Um, you know, my my vision of directing is to interpret. So my favorite thing is to, it's sort of old school, but it's like, you know, taking someone else's story and words and putting my twist on it and figuring out what I, how I see it and what I want to do with it. Right. That's directing for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're doing the directing job and you've produced a lot too yeah she's been a director writer yeah i mean it's a whole different not all writers should direct and not all directors should write you right know? it's it's specifically odd yeah. to have a really brilliant writer yeah. be a really brilliant director yeah, I agree. it's it's a very hard thing to I be agree. john hughes was one of them yeah. um you know but you can list on two hands all of the great ones probably or yeah. pretty close to it yep um <clears throat> so um it doesn't take anything away from you at all to not have written stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, no. If no, you direct a, lot a good of, film, yeah. you direct a good film. Spielberg doesn't write, and right. You know, I mean, there's a, there are a lot of them. Not that I'm Spielberg. That's not what I'm saying. But you know, I, what know I mean, what there are meant. a lot of there are great filmmakers yeah, who don't write. Who don't write. Right. Right. And there are great writers who don't direct. Yeah, yes. And exactly. they're great because they concentrate on that. Yeah. And you know, anyway. I would not want to lock myself in a room for nine months and write something that would be like poking my eyes with a sharp stick for me that's not my thing my thing is collaborating and being on set and working with actors and you know sort of thinking on your feet and those are the things I love about directing so right and that's how you add your originality yeah. into yeah. it right you you yeah. take their 
words and scenarios or whatever yep. and, and, and insert yourself into that. And remember how I felt the first time I read them. Like right. if I can just hold that in my head, um, that helps me decide on what projects to do and what ones not to do. If I'm crying at the end of the script or I have chills on my arms, you know, I know I'm, I've got material that's affected me and so I can then Is that your thing? Like remembering how you mm-hmm, felt mm-hmm. At the, f- the first time? 100%. Huh. Even as a producer for some of the movies, I am. Um, some of them I did by necessity, and some of them were offered to me, and some of them, uh, you know, I sort of developed. But I remember the ones that, like my first movie was Mean Creek that I produced, and I remember being at a reading of that, a staged reading. The writer-director was at AFI with me. Um, so I remember watching a reading of that and thinking, uh, I just have to make this movie happen, like in some way, shape, or form. So You yeah. weren't attached to it at all yet? No, in fact, there was another director attached, and and Jacob, the writer-director, wanted to direct it himself. So we waited for it to go into turnaround, and then I just said, I'm going to go make this happen. Let's like, And you found it out. a way to, yeah. to, to yeah. get a hold of it? Yeah. Did so, you buy the rights to it? Or? Uh, we did as a company. I was working with another producer at the time, and yeah, we, took, you know, we bought the... We basically optioned it for like a dollar and right. with Jacob to direct. That's and, a pretty common thing, right? Yeah. 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 That's really cool. It was fun. It was a really great way to start. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna bring it up. I'm yeah. glad you brought it up. Yeah. Um, you, you got awards for that. You we personally, did. the movie itself. I mean, didn't you go to Can? We and, did. Or how's everybody saying it now? Can Con? It's Can. <laughs> well, depends a, on who you're. <clears throat> my line producer of Carrie Pilby would tell me differently, but right, right, right. In Italy, they pronounce it differently. Right, and, and, and in certain parts of Europe, <laughs> yeah. they pronounce it like. Yeah. Con. 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 Yeah. Con. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like weird. It's anyway. not cans. But that's all I can well, say. Well, it's definitely not cans. I'm going to head over to cans. I'm going to get me some cans. Um. <laughs> you would be surprised how many people say cans. I, well, I, um, yeah. I wouldn't actually. But. <laughs> we, we, um, yeah, we won a couple of Spirit Awards and um, uh, we premiered at Sundance and at Sundance got into can, con. Kid. Can't conquer. Um, and um, so we knew we were headed there in May, which was very exciting. And then, yeah. So you good. as a filmmaker and the other producers, and I think the director, won Spirit Award. We did. And then, and then they, the actors. They create they created a cast one no, for that really. movie. And, and they still have it. It's so. funny. I was reading about it when yeah. I was researching, and it seemed like they created it. Yeah, they created it for that But cast. it didn't say that they did. Yeah. That's so interesting. It's neat. It's, it was really That's so an cool. Honor. It's like such a good movie. Thanks. Yeah. Like, that's just It was brilliant. a great experience. I mean, we made that movie for half a million dollars. Um, you had what, Rory Culkin? six kids on a river. Yeah. Um, I love the Rory. movie. Sorry, I changed the subject yeah. one for one yeah. second. I love the movie he made called Igby Goes Down. That's Kieran, his brother. Oh, is it yes. Kieran? Shoot. <laughs> he, he, I love him, too. Well, Kieran's he's brilliant, all, he's too. He's amazing. He's yeah. in that show, Secession, now. Yeah, Succession, yeah. But anyway, we don't want to go off on down to some... Well, we can if you want, but you probably would rather talk it's about... It's funny, Macaulay came out to that shoot um, for a couple days because... Rory's mom had to leave, so Macaulay was his caretaker for a minute, and it was very fun to meet him and pick him up at the airport and see how quickly people surround Macaulay Culkin wherever he goes. Uh, anyway, so um, so Rory's known amazing. worldwide. Yeah, that's so, funny. So known. Um, yeah. So it was a. It was. There were a lot of challenges on that movie, and it. Um, I mean, starting with a tiny director, budget. T- yeah, tiny budget, first time director. 
kids, so limited shooting schedule. And ambitious. We shot it on Super 16, two cameras for half a million dollars, so it was tight. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, I, I love, I love that movie still. Of- I, I could I could watch it over and over. I love the look of job. Super 16. Yeah, me too. Especially blown up. Well, and we Projected. so we shot that movie in 2003, and red cameras weren't even able to shoot the movie. We tested them, but it was all outdoors and sunlight, and the cameras were flaring out even just in 2003. So by the time we got to, you and I got to the Bahamas, we were able to shoot on red one of the Bahamas movies. Oh, and three, then, though. You might have tested another. Are you sure it was red? Yeah. I think that's a little pre... Very, very early. Okay. We tried the Sony stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we... In, in, I'm glad you shot film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you I'd know. love to shoot films again soon. Well, I, I was going to say, like, yeah. let's do... Whether it's the next one or another mm-hmm. one, let's shoot film mm-hmm. on, a, on a movie. You know, it, I think it just takes a little bit more discipline... Yeah. Than, uh, than a lot of people yeah. want to have. Yeah. And you have to be really aware as a director yeah. how many takes you get kind of on average. In it a, still in happens. My editor, Philip Bartell, is shooting a, uh, doing a, his second movie, and he also does a series with Justin Simeon. So they're shooting on 16 right now for Are his they? new movie. Great. Yeah. I just think it's... Um, He's a nice guy. I met him the yeah. other night. Yeah. yeah. I haven't met him, but... Uh, Philip no, Phil, working. Phil. Oh, Philip's great. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I haven't met Justin. He seems great. Um, yeah, no, it's a. I'm. I would like to do it again. And you know, the film people that have film stock are dying for you to shoot shoot on film. So. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I mean, there there are a few. There's there only are, a couple labs left, right? Yeah, I wouldn't even know. I yeah. mean, I think Photochem maybe. Yeah, they will. I think still. Do um, but, and there are certain certain big movies that that still do it and a lot of them now are not a lot but yeah some are doing 65 now yeah which is amazing great and beautiful well i'm a i'm a giant paul thomas anderson fan which i think you are yeah Yeah. and he's taken a shine to 65 it's amazing and and demanding that it be projected in 70 millimeter and (laughs) which is boogie nights top five um (laughs) i'll tell you that (laughs) I think it's my second favorite PT. Oh, that's film. cool. That's good. I, I I think there will be blood has to yeah. take the cake for Maybe. me, for me personally. Mm-hmm. Boogie Nights is fantastic. Yeah. And and the steady cam at Boogie Nights is oh unbelievably gosh. good. I just crazy love that good. movie so much. I do too. I do too. There will be blood's harder to watch. It's so much harder to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's still beautiful. Boogie Nights is really easy to yeah. pop, pop into at any yeah. point, which yeah. is great. Yeah. But I think Punch Drunk Love is... A masterpiece. I think he's an amazing filmmaker. I think it's filmmaker. most underrated. Anyway, we can go. <laughs> I've gone on about him before on the podcast. I'm like, I better, I better shut not up do now. Because <laughs> this is not about them. It's about you. <laughs> That's awesome. And you mentioned AFI before. You've worked with a lot of your AFI classmates many times. Um, I have. Oh, just a few. And I know some of yeah. them. Well, the I ones have. that you stuck with, yes. you stuck with. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Including Lila Javon. Yeah. And then... Jesse Wolf. I produced a movie for him to direct. And um, uh, my cinematographer for Carrie Pilby, um, Gonzalo Amat, was an AFI grad, but we weren't there at the same time. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, do you feel like... I mean, you obviously made kind of career-lasting relationships. Do you... 
Are you glad you went there? I am. I mean, yeah, okay. Are you glad I that am. we went to USC as well? I mean, I'm just thinking yeah, about the whole Yeah, I didn't get into film school, school at USC. Oh, you didn't? So okay. I got into journalism school because oh. I never made a film, so there was no reason for them to uh, sort of put me in, although I did a screening of To All the Boys just last week at USC, and that was the first time I'd been back in 20 years, and it was really fun to get questions from the film students and, and sort of connect with them on a... Uh, well, I told you so, kind of level. Oh, right. It was a really funny and a, a really great night. They were super responsive, uh, receptive. Film school reject done, yeah, done film, good. Yeah, there were, and there were several in the audience that had gone to journalism school because they couldn't get into film school, so I thought that was awesome. Um, AFI is great for Well, wait, several, before you, sorry. Yeah. But did you, you brought the screening yeah. up, and I know you texted me and were like, yeah. it was so awesome. Yeah. Like, But did you do like a, proper Q&A. We did. We did. I wish I'd been there. It was Why great. didn't you invite me it to that? It was great. It was standing room only, oddly. I would have stood. I know. It was really fun. It was the only time I had seen the movie with an audience. So, oh, it uh, was? Yeah. So it was, you didn't test it and stuff? Didn't I didn't know that. We didn't get to test this movie, which is a weird process. I mean, important part of the process, and we didn't we didn't do it on this mm. one. So, um, yeah, it was, it was super exciting and nerve-wracking, but also great. When you hear the laughs coming out of the room, then you want to sit in that room with everybody so that was very rewarding um no i was going to say about afi there's you know um there's one lesson you learn early on which is you know they take you basically in the first couple days and they hand everybody the same three or four page script and you break into teams and you go direct that and you shoot it and the same words are on the page but not no two movies are alike and you realize at that point right there there is no competition there's no competition at all it's uh, you so have they your say own you're vision. all different you're all different right you you're have all your original own vision. nobody's going to do the same movie oh, that's the same great, way it's great that's a great exercise that was worth two years for me right just there the lessons you learned just in mm-hmm. that right and mm-hmm. at the end of that exercise it, it levels the playing field and you don't feel like you're looking over your shoulder all the time if you can find faith in your own you can find a way to be vision. more collaborative mm-hmm that's cool. Mm-hmm. So they great. match you up with with DPs, and then you're you have to match yourself up. Okay, but yeah, they put you in a room, kind of thing. Yeah, you go find a screenwriter and a DP and a production designer and an editor, and you know you're a team. So, cool. Yeah. So it's kind of like being picked for baseball or softball, though. You just feel like if you're standing on the other corner of the room and nobody's picked you, that part's a little painful, but it's all good. I'm sure that yeah, I can imagine there's some of that, <laughs> but it, um. I'm not that familiar with AFI. So I know there's a directing program, cinematography program. Production design, editing, writing. Is that all of them? Yeah. Cool. Um, That's neat. So they have the basis, and then you go out and find other students, obviously, to help you do all the other stuff. Yep. Oh, cool. And then one day they'll shoot their film, but this time they get to be an assistant or an opera or whatever it might be. We take turns helping each other out. I'm sure that as you go through, it's a couple years, right? Two or three years? Two years. Two years. Okay. So I'm sure as you go through it, you get to be the boss more. Yeah. Well, your second year is all about your thesis film. They don't, you don't even, there's a few classes, but for the most part, you're just out raising money for your film and, and you have to get it approved and go through a rigorous sort of process of figuring out what you're going to shoot and then the second year you you just make your film so wow yeah so you spend like the whole pretty thing much doing that yeah that's cool that's got to yeah. be i'm sure you learned great lessons yeah well and, and well yeah what 
Yes. In my case, my my producer um, <sighs> dropped out of uh, school just before we shot our thesis film. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I had to go to the institute and ask if I, the conservatory and ask if I could produce and direct my thesis film, which apparently had never been done before, but because I'd produced a bunch of music videos and directed them, they were, uh, they let me do it because I didn't want to give up my space. You sort of do a lottery system for who gets to shoot when, so I didn't want to give up my space um, when I was going to shoot second. So I wanted to get my film shot and then get my career started. <laughs> so they let me produce and direct my film, Whoa. which was a lot. Yeah, I imagine take on. it was. <laughs> Imagine it was. Yep. That's cool. Let's take um yep. let's take five minutes because I think you're out of tequila. Oh. We'll get don't worry, I've got more. Okay, bye. And <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Are you getting what you need? Yeah. Good. And we're back. Good. I'm recording again. Good. Yes. Excellent. Are you getting what you need? I am getting what I need. Thanks a lot. You need tequila and a- these feline greenies. Yeah. It's funny. Dental te- treats are good for you. <laughs> <laughs> you texted me earlier. You're like, well, we'd be hanging out anywhere today, yeah, anyway true. today, it's having totally drinks, true. so whatever. It's totally true. I'm just waiting for you to take me to Ethiopian food. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll talk to, who was it, Amanda? Amanda. Okay. My fabulous uh, assistant on this movie. Um, okay, so, okay, weirdest credit on IMDb. <laughs> Were you a singer on the Sister Act soundtrack? I was not a singer on the Sister Act soundtrack. Okay. I keep trying to get that Susan Johnson to take credit for that song, but... Give her her due. If I'm going to take credit for it, I might as well get some residuals, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, I think that's I don't that's think that's fair. the way that works. Oh, shoot. All right. Yeah. No, I keep trying to get that removed from IMDb, but that's the crazy part about IMDb. Anyone can add credits. And they won't take it off. No, they also have my birth date wrong. I won't tell you which direction it is wrong, but it's incorrect. They won't let me do it. And That's funny, and I believe Amazon I... owns IMDb now. Hmm. Interesting. Um, just email Jeff Bezos. Yeah, or I'll, call, I'll, just call. I'll, him. I'll call him. Yeah, I'll just knock on the door because sure he lives next door. Sure, he'll take <laughs> my next crappy door to your West Hollywood apartment. Yeah. Oh come on! You have a fun West Hollywood. I, have a fun. I know you've had issues with your landlord. I have, I have a fun. We could apartment. get into that. Yeah, let's not. Let's, let's not. <laughs> we could. I'm moving soon. It's all good. <laughs> Should we call the lawyer first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't need to. But it's I have been one so nice. Family. You essentially live on my street. Yeah. Three or four blocks yeah. away. Essentially. What are the chances? You know? And I haven't even had to borrow you that many times. To but, help me with help me with my apartment. Like, oh, I remember you know, you're things. like, uh, come help me with this vase. It's a two person yeah. job, and I'm like, oh, this vase. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you can pick that. I up. I can't I'm even like, pick up this vase. I mean, <laughs> it was a big vase. It was a four foot. It was awkward. Luckily vase. for me, I have long arms. Yeah, and you're tall. It was yeah. There tall. was a stairway involved, and blah yeah. blah blah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna have you come help me move my rugs, but that's a whole other story. Anyway. I'm moving now, so let's talk about something else. Rugs. (laughs) (laughs) Rugs. Um, Oh, there's a couple just random things I wanted to ask you about. Um, My favorite color is purple. No. One is we already already talked about the Tears for Fears song. Um, Do you know how much that cost them? Like, was that part of the budget? Was that, you don't know? Mm-mm. Or you can't talk about or whatever. Mm-mm. I don't know. Okay, you I don't, don't know. know. Yeah. I, because I imagine a song like that, I mean, th- that's a very famous song. Yeah, but sometimes people want those songs to come back around that okay. are in the band and part of it. I mean, we had, you know... I mean, that's all their publishing deal and whatever. Sometimes they don't have control over how much... 
I um, produced a film called Nearing Grace uh, several years ago, and that soundtrack was phenomenal, as was, you know, Mean Creek. Half a million dollar budget, we had um, an amazing soundtrack. <laughs> but also for Nearing Grace, we had a lot of classics, like Don't Fear the Reaper and stuff like that. Really? So it, yeah, and we could make, we made that work for maybe maybe 100 grand. So on Unleashed, a film I produced right before Carrie Pilby, we had an amazing soundtrack also. And I think we did that for about 125. I haven't seen that yet. It's a great, it's a good movie. It's a great, it's fun. I know you guys, you did it in San soundtrack. Francisco. And Finn Taylor. That was kind of like, it. boy, you were busy It was at that time. Yeah, I was busy. But that's also got, you know, like a 90 rating on IMDb. So it's had a good run. It's it's also a very sweet movie. I I, I, I still haven't seen it. it. I need to watch it. Yeah, it's Unleashed. Yeah. It had a really cool cast too. And yeah, it, it it was great. You have a way of the movies you get involved with. A lot of times you have great casts. That's my thing. I love casting. I would love to be casting movies if I weren't directing them. I'd actually like to be shooting them if I weren't directing them, and then I would like to be casting them. That's one, two, three. You are a good photographer. Thank you. I'll I'll give you that. I'm a pretty anal person about photography <laughs> yeah you you've taken some beautiful photos thank you um, I love photography that's something actually that you and Lila and I all have in common mm -hmm. we all like photography mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we all have very different eyes and styles which is yep which is cool yep um, but I'd love seeing your photography Thanks. and I would just grab your camera when we did beneath the blue yep. and shoot so much I don't think I did it much in North Carolina on that movie no I don't I had my I, camera there. I took. A, I didn't I shot have a, lot a camera in North Carolina. Oh, you didn't? I don't think I did. Mm. Oh, maybe I did. I don't remember. But uh, for Carrie Pilby, I didn't have a camera, which, which is the first time I've made a movie without my 5D around my neck, essentially. I would say... But there was no time. <laughs> I would say directing, if you're going to have a camera, make it a film camera yeah. so that you fire off one shot and yeah. then that's it. Yeah. Instead of like that whole shoot, look at the screen, shoot, yeah. look at the screen, shoot, look yeah. at... Like you don't have time for that. Yeah. Yeah, but if you want to take a photo once in a while, I'd say get yourself yeah, like, you know, like true. one of these F1s. I have one. I yeah. Have to pull yeah, it I'm sure my... you have one. Yeah. You probably have an AE1 or an F1 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. <clears throat> um, that's the way to do that. Yeah. But um, you've been a producer in so many different aspects. You said casting's like your thing. Yeah. But also you've had kind of other things like you've been kind of like the creative producer which mm. will be involved with casting yeah. and involved with script yeah info notes whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. but you were also a, a, a money raising producer sometimes at the same time no i only raised money for one movie of the 12 i produced so, oh really yeah Oh, I thought you did it on multiple. Mm -mm. I was always a creative producer. Oh. So, yeah, I, I um, maybe two movies of the 12. Mm. Um, maybe three movies of the 12, now that I think about it. <laughs> three of the 12. Okay, it's three, six, nine, 12, so that's a quarter of them. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I think creative producing is as rewarding as directing. The only difference between really... A director and a producer in my mind a creative producer when you're a good team is you know you just as a creative producer you just want to get make sure that the vision that the director has is 
state that he he or she can stay true to that Mm -hmm. so basically you're making all the decisions together in support of that vision whether it's casting or set design or whatever but it's a Um, lot like big picture but you don't deal with the cast that's the thing so you know when you're creative producing that's where you draw the line you just don't you don't you they give them talk all to the, the cast. notes yeah. and right. You don't hang out with the cast so much or anything. You That's just, why I say it's more of a big yeah. picture versus yeah. a day to day thing, right? Yeah. They yeah. deal with the nuts and bolts well, of it's getting. Not, no, it's day to day because I don't ever, when I'm producing, I don't ever leave the monitor. No, I know you're always so, there. So, don't get me wrong. So that's a, like a that's like a shot to shot thing. You want to make sure you know that because it's just you need an extra set of eyes when you're directing right. there's just no way to do it by but what yourself. i mean is you're almost in a certain way like an overseer yeah like you're yeah. there all the time Get out you of don't the way have input constantly and just guide it, guide you're, the car when it starts to go off the road exactly right That's you're there when they yeah. need you yeah so a bunch of your day you might it's not that you're not doing anything yeah. but you're you're on standby kind of um, because you've done all this work leading up to no, this. No, I don't. I don't see it that way. Okay. Yeah. How do you see it? I see it as a daily, hourly no, no, thing. It's, I, I do too. I, you're I, not on standby because you have to be completely focused on the monitor. Okay, and so what's it's a wrong. Shot. It's a wrong word. Yeah, I didn't yeah. mean it that way. Yeah. No, but but if you're if you're a financial producer, you are on standby. You're at the office. Sure. Or you're, you're you're dealing with the budget and the crew and so forth. But when you're a creative producer, you're literally every shot that you do you turn to the director at the end and you go are you good are you good and then you join forces right so it's which a, is how i know hard. you best yeah yeah so don't so yeah. i may have used the wrong terminology yeah. don't don't yeah. get me wrong on no. that i what i mean is like they're like second by second everything and you're just always you've got their back all the time and you're you're communicating with them and all that stuff mm-hmm. but you're not like you've spent a lot of time previously helping anyway <laughs> I'm, I'm just well, going to go blah, good, blah, blah. It's a good thing to talk about because a lot of people don't know what a creative producer does. Right. And I and think I do, and I think I'm maybe articulating yeah, it yeah, incorrectly. Yeah. It's all good. So, you know. You should have more articulate. But I'm working on okay, it. Okay, sorry. Uh, will that, do you think that'll help? Or <laughs> no, or? I think it might be bad. Mm. I'll have some anyway. All right, good. Um, no, but I respect the position, yeah. and I know that in a lot of ways it's a position that doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. I'm sure it does in yeah. some cases, but... Yeah. Um, I, I, you see projects I work on. Yeah. Uh, I look back at my, the IMDB or something and I go, oh, there were 24 producers. Yeah. I'm like, I, know. I don't know. I see it all the time. I don't know 20 of them. It's horrifying. Yeah. And I don't know why and I can't figure it out. And okay. Certain movies, like I did this movie a couple of years ago, um, with a, with a, it was a giant flaw. Talk about <laughs> It got zero on Rotten Well, Tomatoes. that's because it had 24 producers. <laughs> it had been in turnaround and the yeah, whole thing. Yeah. So, like, all these people were attached to it over yeah. the years. Different studios, yeah. different whatever. And so it had all the... I mean, I never met all the... They just got checks or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's happened for... It's been many, many years since the beginning of my career this was happening. And I don't understand it. And yeah. I don't know what all these people do. Yeah. I think they what did they do? Wrote a check Tell at one point, do. or they brought in a financier, or they brought in a piece of casting, or they brought in some of the locations that you were able to use. I mean, when you're on a tiny budget, you're giving away credits left and right because you're trying to put the film together. So I think that's what happens when you see 24 producers. At some point, those people were involved in bringing a big or promising a big part of the puzzle. 
Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it comes together, sometimes it doesn't, but they have a deal in place and that's what so it, so so you said location. So if somebody brought like a location that you needed for two weeks, like a giant location, I've given and they away, found a good one for a good deal. I've given would, away a producing credit before, like for, an associate producer, uh, associate or, or exec in some cases where you have like you need to shoot in a mansion. You can't afford a mansion, and they but have somebody a has a mansion. No, they have a mansion. So you go look. We'd like to shoot in your house. We have five hundred dollars a day instead of five thousand dollars a day, uh, and. And that's how you end up getting so away you credits. basically give the homeowner a credit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay, yep. right, right. I thought what you meant is somebody found one for that price yeah. or something. No, it's uh, the uh, that's interesting because that's an investment. You know, it's an you're you're giving away your investment of a house, and they're order. accepting a yeah. payment of ego stroking. Yeah, basically a little I mean, bit. Yeah, well, and they just want to be involved. Like so many people want to be involved in film, so. It's a, it, you know, it's I'm, we're thankful for it always, but that's how it that's how it comes together. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's so many times it, it is funny you shoot in people's house and they're like, "Hey, how are you?" I know like, they're so nice. The so many that of love them it. are so sweet, except for maybe California. <laughs> well, a lot of times in California, they the houses we all or houses or yeah. places we all shoot in so often, they all have reps. Yeah, they're not there. Yeah. Their rep is there. Yeah. Their rep's like, don't touch that. Yeah. If you scratch the floor, you're dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do this. Yeah. Don't hit it. Yeah. Right. Or, the, I mean, they're mostly nice people, too. Yeah. But they're like, no coffee in the house. Or, oh, it's so nerve-wracking to shoot in people's homes. I can't, it can't, you know, it's really hard. I mean, the thing is, as crew, we can't be nerve-wracked about it. We just have yeah. to do our thing. Yeah. And, you know, if I... As I, the producer, I, you can be nerve-wracked. Of course. <laughs> and and look, I've, I've shot on many different projects yeah. in many multi-million dollar... Play. We shot in a place in Chicago that was ridiculous yeah. like on the lake yeah. in chicago you know eight thousand square foot yeah. kind of and they had oh my god we shot in another place in chicago that had a picasso in the bathroom oh my gosh or no i might have that wrong but there was a <laughs> there was a crazy Somebody's bathroom had it a might picasso. not no 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 it might not have been a picasso but it might have been a monet it might have been yeah. like they had millions and millions of dollars wow. on the wall in the house wow. when we were there wow like what wow um Anyway, the house and to all the boys where we had the party scene. Yeah. Was, oh yeah. That was you know tens of millions of dollars in Vancouver. Yeah, it was amazing. House. In some amazing area of Vancouver, they had I a assume. whole like they had a whole second side of the house we didn't even couldn't even go into, which was a restaurant scale size bar with a bowling alley in it, and like it, it was an amazing house. Whose house we were was very this? lucky to use it. I can't tell you whose it was. Mm. But um, it was, um, they were doing okay. Right, <laughs> and right. they were very generous to have us there. Well, it wasn't a well-known person or anything. It was um, just somebody with... No. Yeah, it's not a well-known person. Right. It's somebody with a lot of money. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Were they, yeah. were, was that person around? No. Or did they have a rep? Uh, they had a rep. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, well, it's just smart. Well, I mean, they had a rep, and they also had two daughters, uh, you know, who sort of responded to the story. So that oh, also cool. helps, you know. Yeah, had they, the, the daughters yeah. had seen the book before? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. So dad was like, and all was right, a girls. Dad. Oh, no way. Really? Like, and uh, I think, oh, so there was I think a they were in an Asian, Asian American family, too. Get out of here. Yeah. So that was helpful. You know, since you brought up, I, I forgot to ask you about that. Um, it's, it's not really addressed in the movie, which I find refreshing. Good. Um, but yes, it's an Asian American lead, cast, Lana, yeah. and, and a lot of the cast. And... They're great, but they never talk about it. It's never a thing. And there's actually a lot yeah. of diversity in the film, but it's never, you know, it, it, 
attention isn't drawn to it. Yeah. It's never made out to be like that. And I just found that cool because we were talking about, for example, you working with Nancy Myers. It's like you see a woman directing, then you realize, oh, I could direct. Right. Um, that We were getting that comment a lot in actually the USC um, screening. People were thanking us for having a high school that looked like their high school, which made me happy. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 who they are as characters but it's not part of their journey so i just didn't want to focus on it that much um in the book it's the same way you know they're asian american so jenny was very specific about staying true to the ethnicity of the characters Mm -hmm. and past that we left alone with the exception of little things like in set design and in wardrobe you know they're they are who they are so we wanted to sort of bring that in jenny's thing was like oh there has to be a rice cooker on the drain board that's a common that's the given for an asian american or in her case korean american family and see i didn't even uh, notice that but like i'm sure that. if but i was asian american i would asian americans did notice that and brought it up multiple times in the last 24 hours so it's great um again with colors and certain things um and clothing specifically, but yeah, I want I wanted it to be relatable. I wanted it to seem like, uh, yeah, duh. There's an Asian American cast, and we can all relate to the Asian American cast. Right. It shouldn't be a thing that we have to adjust our thinking to. Right. It seemed so, to me that you made the character relate the characters relatable. Yep. Not Good. relatable to Asian Americans. Yep. You made them relatable to people. Good. That's to what human we were, That's what I was trying to do. Yeah, and you. Yep. I think you nailed it. And Thanks. the only, <laughs> the only mention of the Asian stuff was. Um, uh, 16 Candles. Yes. Yes, I know. When, when he's watching that clip with her and he's like, who's this, what did he say, who's this long dong duck? Yeah. He he's screws the name up. He's a little up. racist. He's extremely racist. Right. He's like, isn't that kind of racist? Yeah, She's yeah. like, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. That's your other John Hughes <laughs> reference, yeah. which, you know, um, nobody hates John Hughes for it, but we recognize now what yeah. it was and, you know, yeah. the, the, the changes that yeah. have happened. Um, but I thought that was cool, and that movie Crazy Rich Asians just came out, which I haven't seen. So it's funny! Like a big it's a hit. great movie. I I, I want to see it's it, but great. but um, I think they used it. I've seen some interviews with people, and they're like, "Oh, it's the first all Asian cast in twenty five years." No, which yeah. is which is a great thing, it but is. they're promoting it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is totally yeah. fine. I'm I, it's yeah. totally it's totally okay. But your movie's different, but in a lot of ways. It is different and more like that because there aren't that many movies with like three main Asian yeah. characters yeah. in the film. And um, anyway, I just think it's different in these great ways. But I, now that that I like said, it. I you know um, you know one of the producers and I sort of had early on picked um, an African American actor to play one of the roles. I won't tell you which one. Um, well, there uh, are African American actors in the film. Um, yeah, this was one of the leads. Okay, and got it. Um, and we couldn't get that past the financiers. That that would be too much diversity. Almost. Really? Yeah. So um, there was a limit to how far we could go with it. But mm. you know, we we did try to be colorblind as much as we could with regard to the rest of the cast and the certainly the extras and and that I think that was really refreshing it it was and it shows so much yeah yeah, yeah. um ow did that hurt no okay good it was fine i'll drink i've had some tequila <laughs> <laughs> it's it's totally fine um there was one moment actually speaking of Af- african-american characters yeah. um 
the yeah I'm not spoiling anything sorry I had to have a moment and be like does this spoil anything there's a gay character in the film yeah and um uh Lana the, the Laura Jean thank you Laura yeah. Jean and and this character have a have a conversation and where he's saying well I'm gay and she's like oh are you at and he says something to the effect and please correct me of um my mom like, knows my right. dad sort of knows right and he's like he's it's like, like because yeah, yeah high school yeah high school right and i found it like this like super self-aware moment yeah that i don't think i was that self-aware in high school but yeah. i appreciated it it's also good for the audience kind of yeah but yeah anyway i just wondered if there was anything with that moment because i love the moment Obviously, I remember it. That's we awesome. saw the movie on Thursday night. To yep. we're, this yep. is Saturday now. Yep. Um, it stuck with me. Yeah. Um, I just thought they were. I, I thought. Th- I thought that character again. Like, like I specifically didn't want to d- to dwell or focus on the Asian American aspect. I I wanted there to be a gay character in the movie that wasn't completely focused about his on his journey as a gay human being like right. you know what I mean it was just part of who he was and right. their relationship and um, you know I've also sort of you know probably written a love letter or two to um, a gay man who was I, I had a crush on and <laughs> later found out he was gay so there's that you know I've had friends that I've had crushes on that turns out they were playing for the other team and so that's the way it goes right <laughs> um, but yeah so I could really relate to Laura Jean's uh, sort of struggle there right it is interesting though too because in those John Hughes movies yeah. since we're referencing yeah. referencing them so much um, a gay character would have been like kind of a big deal yeah like a really yeah. big deal and in this film it's just like oh he's gay and she finds out she doesn't know and then when she talks to other people they're like of course he's gay <laughs> She's like, I know, I love oh, that you part. knew that? I like, love that part. Right. And and nobody gives a shit. People ask about where the future of rom-coms lies, sort of. And, you know, it's about inclusion. And that's that's what will change the genre in a good way. Yes. It, it needs to be gay characters or transgender characters or multiracial characters. Like, they're, you know, different ethnicities falling in love. All mm-hmm. those things are interesting stories and there are love stories. And that's, you know... That's where we're headed with the rom com, and I think it's going to be cool. I think you're right. I think embrace the, it. Yeah. Yeah, I think the amount of opportunities that yeah. opens up for everybody. Everybody tell their story. When you include everybody, yeah. you have more stories. For sure. And especially nowadays with how specific every thing is. Yeah. Even Netflix, which has a wide range of things to watch, they have very specific areas. Like you said, people were looking for romantic yeah. comedies, so yeah. they started making them. Yeah. Which is cool. But. Even within each genre, they can have different things. Yep. Um, I love that Netflix has just done a deal with the Obamas. They have Shonda <coughs> Rhimes now. They have Ryan Murphy now. Like, just think right. of all of the content that will come out of Netflix. It's going to be an amazing few years for them. Cross your fingers. I know. I kind of. I wish I had some connection. I'm like, okay, Obamas. <laughs> what movie? What are you doing? Can, can I go work imagine? on it? Oh my gosh. Who can I go work, work for on the Obamas? it? Me. I would love to. Well, I've worked for indirectly. I mean, well, directly. Shonda Rhimes and yeah. Ryan Murphy. Yeah. So now I'm just. Yeah. You know, I gotta. 
I haven't worked for Netflix actually. Oh, there. I mean, plenty of things I've done are on Netflix, but I haven't done like a Netflix show. And that brings up one other thing. I was going to ask you, how did this come to Netflix? Because as far as I'm aware, this was not um, Netflix designed from Correct. day one. Correct. They bought it. So right. they bought it in post. They saw it and bought it as part of their whole putting together a summer of love thing, which is right. what they did. And how they promoted yeah. and everything, which yep. is cool. Super cool. They um, promoted this movie like a, you know, oh, bigger than your... a studio film. You oh, know? yeah. I it saw your... Amazing. And I know they're still promoting it, but I've seen the, I've seen the billboard on Olympic, and I saw you your photo standing in front of it in Times, Times Square, Square. A giant... Three I, what, days ago or four days ago. Yeah, yeah, how gigantic that billboard it was. It was so exciting. Like, that so was cool. something else. So they know how to get... <laughs> they know how to support filmmakers in a very unique way, because to me, I was like, okay, I've, you know, I'm in. I'm in for fully with the whole Netflix thing. It was so neat to see a billboard in Times Square. Well, I think that's they, unusual. That's just, you don't see independent films. And this was made as an independent film, basically. Right. Well, okay, so it was Overbrook originally, right? And, and that's Will, Will Smith's company, yeah, no? that's right, yep. So they bought it, and, and so it started with a diverse kind of company. It did. Which is cool. It and did. then Awesomeness, which is more of a younger crowd kind yeah. of company. Yeah. And that, that, the first they? person that bought it was Caleb Pinkett, who's Jada's um, brother, and, oh, really? and runs Will's company. And he 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 saw the beauty in Jenny's writing early on, and was part of the casting process, and was there a couple of times while we were shooting. But um, he, he also has an associate, Dougie Smith, who was my producer, uh, the onset producer for Overbrook, and he was fantastic. And and then yeah, so Caleb essentially wasn't going to make the movie with Sony, which is I think where Will has had his deal at the time. Mm. So um, he partnered with Awesomeness to make it. And well, they had another film with Netflix, right? Right. Yeah. Previous and to this, yes, right? And they have another one coming up. That's right. So obviously that. they've established a relationship with yes. them. And same with Awesomeness, they had done, um, I think, two movies maybe that sold to Netflix and they didn't mm -hmm. produce them at Netflix. So, so they had a relationship yeah. too. Mm -hmm. So this was obviously in and there. And I had Carrie Pilby at Netflix. I know you had Carrie so, Pilby at Netflix. And yeah. Unleashed. So those were, those were, had both. Oh, was Unleashed? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, Netflix. now I feel like a jerk. No, for it's having, all good. Not having seen it. It's all good. I've seen so much of your work. You'll have to let, you'll, that was my last movie I produced. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, you'll produce well, well will you? Will you produce other I movies? Don't, I don't know. We'll see how what go. I don't know. I'd like to focus on directing. Well, you were a producer on Carrie Pilby. Then I, I was. And then Unleash was after. I know that, but no, Unleash was right before Carrie Pilby. It was. Yeah, literally oh, sorry, a month my time. before. Sorry, um, I haven't keep. I haven't been keeping track of you properly. <laughs> it's, it's okay. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> It'd be a little creepy. Um, no, no, it's I. You know, I like. I love what Judd Apatow does. Apatow, Apatow, can con cans. Um, Hang however on. you say it. Sorry. Is that a cat oh, I don't noise? know what that is right there. Is that me? Is that you making? It's a drawer. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, I love that he. I love the Cohen brothers. They support other filmmakers. I love the idea of supporting other filmmakers. So yeah, at some point, I probably will produce again. Yeah. But. Um, will you produce your own films? I'd like not to. Because uh, uh, you produced, I in, produced in, in part with Pilby, and Pilby, I, right. I did the budget and everything. Um, I when I say I'd like not to, I'd like to stay on as a producer for every movie because I think that I think that's part of my process, having come from a producing background, mm -hmm. right? Um, but 
you know, that's sort of once the project comes to me, I'd like to be part of that. I don't really, yeah, I don't know. It's, we'll see what happens. I love directing and I love being able to drop that producing side of my brain once we're shooting. So mm-hmm. those are the, that's where I like to draw the line. I, I gotcha. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Another question. You worked on, as an assistant, back in your early days on Young Guns. Did you just did. do Young Guns 2? I did. Just okay. two. And you had an uncle in the business. My uncle produced them, yes. The Young Guns films. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but we have a friend and in City common. Slickers and Major League and all those movies. Like, he was awesome. He's awesome still. Um, That's cool. Yeah, we have a, a friend. Yeah, Lou Diamond Phillips. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Lou. Um, but you told me a story about Lou. <laughs> Uh-oh. Lou, no, a good story. Lou, turn off your computer. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lou, don't listen. Don't turn it off, Lou. No, she had really. a nice story about when you. When are you guys teaching me to play poker? All right, anyway. Yes, what was my story? <laughs> um... Was it my we Valentine's Day Lose story? Lou's a good poker player. Is it my Valentine's Lou- Day story? No, what story yes. was it? Yes. Yeah, Lou, I think I believe Lou's so. the best. Yeah, I was an assistant. It was my first job assisting a director that movie. So you're like in your early 20s or I something? I was, or... yeah, in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. I was the same age as all those guys in the movie, which right. was made that film really, really fun to yeah. work on. And you're in where? Where did you shoot um, that? We shot part of it in Tucson, Arizona, and part of it in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Which is where you're from, Tucson. No? I'm from Phoenix. Oh, but sorry. Yeah. Yes, okay. I've gone to school in Tucson. Right, I knew that. Yeah. Um, I knew something. No, Lou was just really smart and really kind to all the assistants. And I we shot on Valentine's Day, and I remember getting back to my hotel at like three in the morning, and he'd left roses for each of the assistants in the hotel, like where you get your mail, like where your keys would be at the time. I thought that that guy is super smooth, but it's <laughs> really smart and really nice. So he was just a he was a very gracious person. Is a very gracious person. It's just it's just a classy thing yeah, to do. Yeah, it was I, really I great. It made me feel recognized, which was really nice when you're assisting and working twenty hour days. <sighs> yeah, you work so hard. Yeah, and everybody recognizes your yeah. boss. And yeah, you're like, well, I did a lot yeah. of that work. Yeah, but, yeah, right. Well, you don't do any of the work, but you. Um, you yeah, know, but you nice. facilitate you're, all you're the work. You're there on your feet every right. day, so. But you, you know what I mean. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, of I, course. I, but but it's just it, it's just his way. Yeah, I've seen him be very nice to people he's very before, and, that and way. he's always been a nice guy yep. to me. But we've never worked together, so interesting. Our 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 relationship is based on poker. How great is La Bamba? Let's just talk about that for a moment. We could talk about La Bamba. He's by the amazing. way, Kiefer still sends Lou whiskey on his birthday. Does he? That's I don't awesome. think they talk that often. I don't know. I mean, I, awesome. I shouldn't speak for him, but like, I've just been over at Lou's and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, it was just Lou's birthday or we'd be <laughs> celebrating or something. And he's like, oh, yeah, Kiefer sent me this nice. And he'd always be like this really Yeah, nice. those guys were close. They I yeah. probably still are close. It was a it was a really good shoot. One of my, probably my favorite still. How many pages a day were they shooting on like that movie? Well, we had, you know, that was in the golden years. So, yeah, of course. Uh, I think we shot, um, I want to say we shot probably 60 days instead of 30 or 22, which is the norm now. So, whatever yeah. that is for 100, it probably was a 110 page script or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the you the take big- your time. And Dean Semler shot it, who's still to this day my favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. DP, I love him to death. Um, brilliant, him. brilliant. Love DP. him. Hi, Dean. <laughs> I'm going to send this to you. <laughs> he already knows I love him. I, but, I stalk him all the time. Oh, do you? I do. I stalk him. <laughs> yeah. 
But the, the big movies now shoot 100 to 150 days like crazy and that but if young guns effects, 2 is a big movie if there's effects okay fair but enough yeah that's a good point I, maybe we did all those big we comic might have book done movies. three months i'm not sure 60 or 90 but it wasn't shorter than 60 i don't think we'll have to ask lou it's still a lot of shooting yeah days. that's a lot it's double the double the well you say two now. two months but it's not two months yeah it's like three and a three. half months yeah. to make 60 days yeah yeah uh, it's a good amount of time. That must have been tough, though, because you're out in the desert. It's a lot of horse work. But it's we shot of... in the winter, which was great. But the coldest I've ever been on any set or any time is shooting in Santa Fe. We shot in this oh, little boy. tiny town, which was built for the film Silverado. And it's up on this bluff. And it, the wind would come through there. You'd have, like, long underwear, clothing, more clothing, uh, you know, down jackets and everything gloves and you couldn't feel your face it was freezing cold and you're shooting in the middle of the night so um yeah it was it was challenging you still remember that got to hang out with john bon jovi on that shoot that was pretty awesome he, he was a friend of Kiefer's, and i remember my boss the director at some point going yeah john's got this little song he wants you to hear so can you just go follow him to the trailer he's gonna kind of play this for you I was thinking in my head, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, don't so just, don't be a jerk. So just you, just me. So we go back. And Bon Jovi to, was a giant thing at the yeah. time already. Yes. Yeah. This okay. was the night. This was 1990. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So we go back to the trailer. Hi, John. By the way, um, we go back to the trailer, and um, Annie plays um, "Blaze of Glory" for me, and then hands me the lyrics handwritten on a sheet, and his phone number on the back, okay. so I could, you know make sure I can talk to the my boss at the time about it and, and I he went, thought it would be good I for the film I can't find this piece of paper anywhere oh. can you imagine I'd love to have it framed somewhere um, yeah no he again just was friends with Kiefer or Emilio I think Kiefer uh, Kiefer's a musician obviously he has a band and stuff right. so um, so then we put him in the film. He's in the he's in the scene where he gets sort of yanked off by a horse and thrown into that sort of pit, which is a jail essentially. A, he falls backwards into it at the very, very beginning of the movie. I so, don't remember. Anyway, it's been so long yeah. since I saw that movie. It was fun. That's yeah, so. Yeah, my John so Bon Jovi neat. days. So you you literally went like into a trailer with John I Bon Jovi, did. and he played you a song. I did. He played it recorded or he, no? He played it on the on guitar, guitar. Get out sitting of here. there. And then I was directing music videos years later in Nashville, oh, and oh I God. I was with my client at the time watching a band that I wanted to do a music video for. I was thinking about doing a music video for next. And so I was with the record label, and the record label person goes, oh my gosh, John Bon Jovi's standing behind us. And I'm like, really? And I turn around, I go, John, bon I go, John, and he goes, Susan, and he gave me a huge hug. And this was like, I don't know, seven years later, yeah, so it was really nice. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel, no, it was 13 years later. Oh, wow. Yeah, anyway, it was pretty great. Um, he was, that he remembered. And the producer me. next to you was the, jaw the, hitting the, the floor. Needless to say, I got that job for the next video from the label <laughs> at that point. So I was like, you know John Bon Jovi? That's so funny. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He was a super nice guy. He seems that way. Really nice guy. And he's had this brilliant career. And a great marriage forever and kids. And right, yeah, right, yeah. right. Just so much good stuff. Yeah. But he was gigantic at the time. Oh, you're enjoying watching Charlie the cat Get it, go Charlie. bananas. Get him, Mimi. It's a pretty cute cat. Um, 
sorry. Sorry for whoever's listening. Hi. I'm just watching Susan Hi. go cat cat crazy. She has right, one I'll at behave. home and I have one here. I'll so. behave. I'll behave. <laughs> well, no, I think we're almost done, but... Right, um, Thank um, God. I mean, oh, good. <laughs> just kidding. This was really fun. It was fun. I think you should do this for a living. Who needs that study cam stuff? Like, oh, wait, that's what this is about. Okay. <laughs> you should always shoot and you should have your own radio show. You know, we should have talked to, we should have talked about study cam a little bit, but yeah. you've, you've, you have been around it and worked with a lot of, um, I don't want to be, there's no, I don't even know a specific question to ask you, but you've hired good people over the years, including I've, it hasn't. It hasn't gone up yet, and this will go up before it does. But I talked to BJ, and we yeah, talked about the movie I love where BJ. he, yeah, where he. Young Guns, we used Jimmy Muro, who I had not met before, and he was just at the beginning of his career. And I remember watching him do a maybe five minute take where the guys go in, you know, they're chased into a bar and out of a bar and backwards out of the bar and past horses and cows and into the courtyard. And it's the first time I'd seen a steady cam, and I just didn't even know what that was, and that was again 1990 and he was so amazing I was like I want to shoot a whole movie that way like I don't know I'm just a big fan of having freedom that steady cams allow you wow I don't understand why people don't use them you have to see well they use them all the time yeah I mean don't use them to shoot whole whole movies Uh, maybe they do they have a little bit yeah it's kind of been done now yeah it's versus handheld you know sort of a different feel I don't know. Anyway, I'm just amazed by people that can walk backwards, and thus the name of your show. (laughs) Watching him walk backwards and shoot, and somebody's focusing, and how that works is just well. That that all of that has gotten so much easier than it was probably in 1990. I mean, they had very primitive kind of gear, and and um, yeah. So it's all more ergonomic now, or whatever. Well, there's some of that, and it's just it's just all more. Everything has been updated. Everything has yeah. been perfected a lot more. Yeah. Uh, you know, <clears throat> things just work better. They're easy yeah. to deal with. The The equipment's more reliable. Oh, that's cool. Back yeah. in that day, in 1990, I mean, his monitor was probably going out all the time, uh, like, for well, no reason. Well, think about how much weird... heavier those cameras were, too. Those... Well, the cameras weren't any heavier than what I dealt they aren't? with. Nah, he probably had a lightweight or something, which, you, think? you know, I I used a few years ago. Um, it would still be a pop, a fairly popular film yeah. camera. Yeah. Because um, one great thing about film is it's fairly simple. And once you make a body and a camera that does oh, the things you it. want, mm-hmm. I mean, it's mechanical. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. There is no nano mechanical. I mean, right, right, <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right. Like, so you found something good that works and it's going to work. You can make adjustments. Mm-hmm. It's the same as a Steadicam. You found stuff that works well. Yeah. And you, you know. That makes sense. Um, if you're talking about a computer, yes, it can get smaller, 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 whatever, or faster. But um, yeah, once you add the lenses and all that stuff, it's just as heavy. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And and a lot of people talk about digital being lighter. In a lot of cases, it's not. Yeah. Uh, a lot of some cases, it's heavier. Film camera. Some film cameras were very heavy. Depends on the mag. <laughs> well, it depends on the body. You yeah, know yeah. what kind of camera it was and what you add. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've talked about guys using thousand foot mags to shoot long takes, which I've never done, and sounds crazy thank gosh it sounds horrible <laughs> and then anamorphic where the lens is yeah. that long that like, was young guns it was right anamorphic, anamorphic movie yeah. and i'm sure it was super heavy yeah. but yeah um but there's a reason he's a legendary guy you know yeah it was a nice place to start 
Him and Dean. It's the first. He's the first Steadicam operator you ever got to witness. Yeah. You didn't even know what Steadicam yeah, was, and I then didn't. you get to see him doing. I didn't. This uh, and, and now and I'm gonna have would, to go watch it. Dean would teach me lenses and on the breaks. He would call me over for every change and say, "Okay, girl, here's what." Because that's what the director from New Zealand used to call me. But he would he would show me lenses and let me understand what the differences were and why he was so patient and so caring about that. So I'm forever grateful. That's so neat. Now I just want to hire him for a movie if I can pull him out of semi-retirement. Is he semi-retired? He's, you know, he doesn't have to work probably, but he probably he loves takes it the projects so that he likes uh-huh. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Yep, that's cool. Well, he obviously made a big impression he on did. you as a filmmaker and as a cinematographer. He and did, yeah. He's that's great. neat. That's neat. Good people. Good. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for having Are me. Are we done? We're almost out of tequila again. We it. better, we better it's go. Time for Ethiopian food. Come on, let's go. Are you hungry? Yeah, I'm really hungry. All right, I'm hungry too. Bye, everyone. We can be done. Thanks so much, <laughs> Thank Susan. You. you know I love you. Thank you. I love you too. <laughs> Bye. Thanks again to Susan for uh, hanging out with me and drinking tequila for a couple hours. We had fun. Um, as you noticed, I didn't talk a lot about Steadicam. Um, that was a mistake. I, I meant to ask her about a shot she did in a film she directed called Carrie Pilby, a shot operated by Julianne Dela Cruz. Um, it's a long walk and talk through New York City. And I thought it was a great shot, well executed, um, looks very nice, and I thought it fit the story well. And she knows how to use Steadicam, and so I really do wish I had spoken to her more about it. I think I mentioned the shot before when I was speaking to Ron Baldwin. Um, it's it's a it's a fairly simple shot, but I'm sure tough to execute and um, and well done by by everyone involved. So uh, I regret not bringing it up because it's always fun to hear a director's perspective on stuff like that and what they had to deal with to get it and. And how tough it was and this and that. But um, anyway, well, maybe I'll have her in another time. I hope you enjoyed it anyway. And uh, I'll catch you next week.